Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Meseches Ksubos Daf Nun as we make our way through the fourth parak of Nara Shinespatta. And we're continuing the Gemaras that are describing the Takanos that were made in the city of Usha. So last week we spoke about the first of the Takanos that parents are obligated to go ahead and support their children that are over Bar and Ba Mitzvah and whether or not we force uh, a person to go ahead and to support their children? Do we embarrass them? Uh, what's the, uh, you know, what, what's the way we make sure that a parent goes ahead and that a parent is going to financially support uh, their child? And that was a discussion of the first of the five takanos that were made in the city of Usha. We spoke last week about the Rambam and about the Gemara, about the importance of the city of Usha and the centrality uh, of the city of Usha and the development of Torah Sheh Ba'alpeh. And uh, the Rambam made a uh, final comment where the Rambam told us that we would force this, uh, this person through the din of tzedakah, but it wouldn't necessarily be uh, a chiyuv. So we have our next takana that was made in the city of Usha. And on the bottom of Memtes, that if a person gives away all of his money, so he must leave enough for him and his wife to be, uh, uh, to be supported, even uh, after he gives his uh, children, that which he uh, that which he had, and the Gemara then goes on to discuss whether or not that din is accepted lahalacha with uh, a story which basically shows that the halacha does not follow that shita of Rebbe Eva, and uh, we go weiter from there. The third takana of Usha, which our Gemara uh, describes on Dafnun, is perhaps one of the most famous takanos of Usha, where the Gemara tells us that Hamavazvez al Yavazvez Yoser Michomesh. So we have a, uh, a din over here in uh, in uh, in Staka, and uh, basically the din is is that uh, a generous person shouldn't give more than one fifth of his uh, money to tzedakah. And the Gemara explains why Shamit Starich Labrios because we don't want him to then go and have to uh, be dependent on people uh, for their support. And the Gemara gives a uh, an illustration as to a situation in which this happened, and um, this uh, this Rav Yeshaviv was uh, unfortunately um, uh, unfortunately stingy and miserly, and he didn't provide for somebody who goes ahead, who went ahead and gave uh, a lot of money in, uh, in Sadaka. So we have this din over here that a person shouldn't give more than one fifth. And the question is, how practical is that? And, uh, are there exceptions to this rule? Let's say somebody wants to go ahead and wants to give extra money to Tzedakah. Are they able to go ahead and are they able to, uh, to go ahead and to do that? So we have, uh, a few exceptions to the rule of Ali Vaziz, Ali Vaziz, Yosir Mechomish. The first one is an Asher Muflag. Let's say you have a ton of money and the Chach Masadim describes that a person who's very wealthy, a person who has, uh, sum of money that's, uh, extraordinary. So uh, if that person wants to give away a tenth of his money, uh, you know, um, or uh, rather a, uh, uh, you know, a significant portion of his money, and it's not even going to make a dent into his, uh, into his uh, financial status. So he should for sure go ahead and he should for sure uh, do it should he want to go ahead and do it. So the first exception to the rule of uh, to this rule of Hamavazes Alivazes Yosir Michomish is an Ashir Muflag. There's another um, another exception over here that we have that's brought from the Chafetz Chaim. The Chafetz Chaim in a few different places in the Likuti Halachos and in Ahavas Chesed, he describes that when it comes to supporting Torah, there's much more flexibility. Uh, as well, and the Chafetz Chaim describes the um, the uh, the partnership that exists between Yisachar and Zvulun, and uh, the way in which Torah was able to uh, to be uh, to be learned, and money was able to be uh, was able to be given to support Torah 
that a person who's going to go ahead and a person who's going to support Torah is able to uh, go ahead and give Yoser Michomesh. The third exception that we have over here is after a person dies, if a person wants to pledge their money post-mortem, so they're able to go ahead and they're able to uh, give more than Chomesh of their uh, of their money, La'achar Moso. And uh, the fourth exception over here is that if a person needs uh, this Zechus for Tshuva, he's able to go ahead and he's able to uh, he's able to spend more. And what comes out of this Gemara is that we have this din of and this is a uh, practical halacha over here that a person obviously should give, uh, should go ahead and a person should give tzedakah. But uh, at the same time, the uh, the uh, the giving of tzedakah shouldn't uh, shouldn't put a person into poverty. Uh, there are some rishonim that describe that this uh, one fifth limitation goes ahead and applies to any mitzvah. So there's. Um, uh, uh, a Rama in Hilchos Lulav, where the Rama quotes this din, and the Rama wonders that if a person already bought an esrog and somebody comes along and offers to sell him uh, a more beautiful esrog, do I have to go ahead and do I have to sell my current esrog to buy the the the, the beautiful one, the the nicer esrog? So, what's the level of financial uh, hit that I need to take uh, in order to uh, in order to um, to, uh, to 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 fulfill a mitzvah in a, a little bit more of a a beautiful way. So we apply this principle of that a person should only spend uh, 20% on this uh, elevated mitzvah performance. So there is a caveat, out, uh, however, over here that all of this applies only when it comes to a mitzvah saseh. If it comes to violating a mitzvah slow saseh, a person would have to go ahead and would have to give all of their money up. So uh, if a person is, uh, you know, let's say a person is worth $1,000 and somebody comes and says, give me all $1,000 or violate Shabbos. So of course you have to give up the $1,000 as opposed to violate Shabbos. There's no din of hamavazvez alivazvez yosir michomish when it comes to a mitzvah losase. And that's the third takana of Usha, this uh, pretty famous uh, idea. The next takana, the fourth takana of Usha, is uh, another description about, um, about teaching Torah and about uh, the way in which we go ahead and the way in which we... Um, um, uh, the way in which we uh, we teach Torah to children, and in the name of Rav Yitzchak, the Gemara quotes that that a person uh, should go ahead, and if a person refuses to learn Torah, so his father should uh, should influence him, and his father should um, should uh, should uh, you know. Push him and read imo And after that, the father has to go ahead and the father has to uh, you know do whatever he could to uh, you know to, to 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 force his child to learn Torah after the age of twelve. And that was the takana of uh, of Usha. And the question is: uh, Is that actually true? Is that actually something that we uh, that we would uh, that we would sign up for? And uh, the Gemara goes on, and the Gemara describes the fact that basically. Um, that basically, uh, at age six years old, children become sponges of Torah. They remember everything. Uh, and uh, we should uh, teach a child after six years old. So we wonder, before six years old, should they not learn Torah? Before six years old, should they not go ahead and should they not, um, you know, should they not um, have the opportunity to uh, to learn any Torah? So the uh, this is a question that... Um, this is a question that uh, that's been discussed, and a question that um, the postgame definitely uh, the postgame definitely deal with. And uh, Ramosha Sternbach actually has a tshuva, where Ramosha Sternbach writes that 
there is a difference between um, you know students that went to school in previous generations and what the uh, previous generations provided educationally and um, and uh, a person, a child who go, who went to school in previous generations, so they were in school all day and all night, and it was very difficult for a child to uh, to go ahead and for a child to stay awake and for a child to stay uh, engaged in a particular lesson. But nowadays that we have uh, schools that are a little bit more engaging than that, so perhaps the dinim uh, to this fourth takana of Usha would uh, would change. And the Gemara goes on to describe another one of the takanas Usha regarding the nichse milug, the wife's assets. Uh, that aren't included in the ksuba, in which she owns uh, the keren of the asset, the principal amount of the asset, uh, and uh, her husband is going to be entitled to the payros. And if she dies, her husband is going to inherit the um, the assets. The husband is going to inherit the keren because at the end of the day, the husband is going to be uh, her yoresh. He is going to inherit uh, for her. So these are the five takanas of usha that we have uh, in the Gemara on Dafnon. The Gemara continues to discuss all sorts of psukim uh, that describe uh, in Yanit Staka, piggybacking off the Gemara that talks about supporting one's children um, and uh, all of these other discussions regarding uh, Staka-related issues. It happens to be that the Ramah describes that one shouldn't give uh, this uh, din of Hamavazvez, Alivazvez, Yosemir Chomish. So the Ramah describes that one shouldn't give more than a fifth uh, once again because Shemi Tzarech Lebrios is going to need to take um, he's going to need to take from people. And uh, once again, the Ramah quotes this exception that when he's dying, he can go ahead and uh, he can give as much as he wants. And this leads us into a conversation about Miser, that whether or not a person can go ahead and a person can uh, a person can give Miser money to fulfill a mitzvah. Let's say a person wants to buy uh, an item for a shul, you know, whether or not that's uh, appropriate, that's a good usage of Miser money. So the Ramah describes the fact that Miser really should be given to the poor, that we want to go ahead and we want to provide uh, for poor people. And Miser doesn't necess- shouldn't necessarily be given to, uh, you know, uh, organizations or whatever. That's a different cheshben uh, of tzedakah. So whether or not we paskin like that is obviously uh, up for debate. And we certainly assume that Miser money can go to any uh, form of tzedakah. But... While we are giving staka to uh, valuable organizations, we can't forget about uh, about poor individuals. The Taz describes on that Ramah in Simon uh, Reish Mem uh, Tes. So the Taz says over there that if a person buys uh, a mitzvah in the shul and intended to use meiser money, so uh, the money goes to tzedakah. So even though he's going to benefit, so let's say he's going to uh, buy kriya Torah, he's going to give people the uh, the opportunity to lean from a particular Torah. So um, so uh, that uh, would be permissible. Rabbi Kiva Eger describes in the name of the shalah that a person can give um, from meiser money the amount. That was uh, that was that was that was added to tzedakah. That if a person wants to go ahead and a person wants to give, uh, you know, meiser money to a uh, to an organization, according to Rabbi Vager, that uh, that would be mutter. The Taz then has an additional comment where the Taz says that you are able to go ahead and use meiser money for a mitzvah like brismila or hachnasas kala uh, to buy svarim. All of those things. Uh, are able to be uh, to be used. So, according to the Taz, we can support uh, you know all these organizations with uh, with our meiser money, with our tzedakah money, and uh, the shach on the uh, on that spot describes in the name of the Maharami Runberg that the Maharami Runberg permitted giving meiser money to uh, your adult children. 
uh, who uh, you're not uh, you're not chayev to support. So if a parent wants to go ahead and voluntarily support their adult children, so that's uh, certainly going to be considered to be meiser money, and uh, that is. Uh, you know, in the realm of using Meister money for uh, for all of these different things. So this conversation, once again, jumps off of this Takana uh, of Usha, of Hamavazes, Alivazes, Yosir Mechomish. And uh, we have these uh, these beautiful uh, Takanos that were made in the city of Usha that we do our best to uphold nowadays. I just want to just focus specifically on the uh, Inyani Dioma over here and the exception that uh, that we have to this rule of Hamavazes. And that exception is if a person uh, sees that their giving tzedakah will allow them to do tshuva. Their giving tzedakah will be misakin for something or uh, it'll help them, uh, you know, in their tshuva process. That a person is able to go ahead and is able to, um, a person's able to, uh, you know, a person's able to, um, to, 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 to pledge a certain amount of money if it's going to uh, reinforce his uh, ability to go ahead and it's going to motivate him to go ahead and to do tshuva. And uh, that's the beautiful takana that we have over here uh, of Usha. So as we, once again, as we make our way through this uh, fourth parak of Nara Shinispatata, and uh, we finish Daf Nun before we get to the next Mishnah, uh, in the middle of Daf Nun Aleph Amad Aleph, we have these Takonos of Usha, uh, whether or not they are uh, applicable nowadays and what we can do with this Gemara, Halacha Lamaisa, that is Meseches Ksubos, Daf Nun.